0: listening to the Spartan Orientation Station on Impact 89FM, the podcast by students for students. Now, this week's episode.
1: Welcome back future Spartans to the Spartan Orientation Station. For many new students, the idea of living on campus is just as exciting as it is overwhelming. From maintenance requests to roommate and suite mate arrangements, there are plenty of new experiences when living on To give students an idea of what to expect, today we are joined by Live On representatives who will share some tips and tricks on how to make settling into your new home away from home just as easy as ever. My name's Ava Ignash, I'm a rising senior studying international relations and political science pre-law with a minor in political economy. And my first year I lived in Bailey Hall, Brody neighborhood, best neighborhood in my personal opinion. And my sophomore year, I lived with on-campus housing arrangements with my Panhellenic sorority.
0: Hi, all. My name is Emily Hill, and I am a rising sophomore majoring in environmental studies and sustainability. My first year, I lived in East McDonald, and this coming year, I will be living in uh, East Holden. Today, we are joined by Chloe Weigel, a former RA and assistant future Community Director, and Alyssa Johnson, the Assistant Director of Residence, Education, and Housing Services, R-E-H-S. Could you both introduce yourself and your role at MSU?
2: Yeah. Hello. Um, my name is Chloe Weigel. Um, as you already mentioned, uh, I was a former RA on campus for two years where I lived in East Holmes Hall. Um, so over in the East neighborhood. And I recently graduated and I'm going to be staying with Residence Education and Housing Services um, as an assistant community director for the next two years. So I'm very excited to get started with that. Thank you for having me today. And
3: hello, my name's Alyssa Johnson. I use she, her pronouns. I am the assistant director for the Brody Apartments West Circle Neighborhood, so shout out to Brody. Um, previously, I was the community director of Wilson Hall and then um, was promoted and received a new opportunity to serve residents' education in a new capacity, now supervising community directors
1: and creating a neighborhood experience for a lot of residents. Well, that just makes me more excited, another former Brody resident. Okay, so we're just going to get right into it. And what advice would you give an incoming student coming to live on campus?
2: I would say, first and foremost, lean into the resources. Um, I would say this podcast, first and foremost, is a really great example. Um, all of these things are offered to you, but make the most of them. You know, it may seem tedious at first to follow all of the Instagram accounts and listen to your resources um, and, you know, follow all the new story orientation things. But if you do these things and you kind of create this like toolbox essentially of resources for you to use when you come on campus, it's going to make your experience so well rounded and very supportive. So you have access to these things. Um, and you know about um, all of the different resources and communities that are going to be provided to you and be offered to you, um, especially because welcome, um, fall welcome can be so overwhelming for new students. Um, it's really great to prepare yourself so you know about all of these things um, and you can be ready to make the most of fall welcome in the beginning of your semester. Yeah, I think I would say that
3: from the minute you become a Spartan, uh, we're saying we're telling you welcome home and it's important to name that this may not immediately feel like home. It's going to be uncomfy. It's going to be hard. It's going to be scary. Um, and so lean into to that fear. Lean into it because there's a lot of um, magic that can happen when we push ourselves out of our comfort zone. But also honor and show yourself a lot of grace amidst this transition. Um, it, it's hard to make a place home. And so it takes time. It takes effort. It takes community and connection. Um, but all in all, it also takes grace for yourself through that process.
0: Yeah, we've mentioned a little bit about fear and this, like, transition that incoming students are going to be going through. And I know, like, as a first-year student last year, I was, like, looking at all the TikToks and, like, seeing, like, what should I bring? What shouldn't I bring? What's helpful? So um, what is included in a room um, and, like, what should incoming students bring on campus and what should they not bring on campus?
3: Yeah, all of our rooms are going to come with a pretty standard configuration. So you're going to have two beds, two dressers, two desks, two chairs, um, everything for two folks for the most part to um, be residing unless you were to be placed in a transitional housing space um, where that configuration might look a little bit different. So we're going to give you the structure of what you need to sleep, to study, and to store your belongings. You should bring anything that you need to add on to that. And so what's going to make it feel functional for you? you, um, different storage things that you might use, uh, what's going to make it feel comfortable for you, decorations um, that make your space feel like a space you're proud of and want to come back to. That's what I would recommend bringing.
2: Yes, absolutely. Um, anything that would make you feel at home and get you ready to start um, your year off strong. And in addition to that, if you ever find yourself needing additional support with figuring out what you should bring, um, kind of in where you're trying to figure out where you are at with that, um, there's some really great resources that Live On provides. Um, you can use the Live On website that has a really great list of like the handbook that tells you what you should bring and what you should not bring. That's very important um, to make sure you're safe in the space as well. Um, and also, every new incoming student um, gets sent a move-in guide that has really great lists and support resources for that as well. Yes,
3: check out the handbook. Special plug also, you can't bring ACs from home. You can't bring space heaters. You can't bring electric scooters. Um, make sure you know what you can't bring. Um, so you don't bring those things and then end up dealing with some some negative stuff on the other side of that.
1: Yeah, when I moved in, I became an interior designer, full-on career. I acted like make storage, my decorations, all of the above, but I guess to get all of that stuff that you want to bring into your dorm, you have to move in. So what would you describe to be the typical move-in process? How is it different for different students, such as international students, all good things like that? Yeah, move-in is Pretty standard um, for domestic
3: students and international students. Domestic students are going to sign up for their move in time via their My Housing portal. Um, so they'll go in and they'll select what day and time they'd like to move in on. International students move in a little bit earlier than domestic students do. So their move in takes place um, August 18th through the 20th. And then other inco- incoming students are going to move in August 22nd um, through the 23rd. But for the most part, when you arrive outside of your hall, there's going to be green move in cards. That are readily available for you to use. Um, Staff will likely be there to assist with unloading vehicles and getting all of your belongings loaded into those green carts. And then from there, you'll park your vehicles if you've brought one to campus um, in a specially designated lot. You'll take your cart up to your room and you'll start unpacking
2: and send those carts back down for other neighbors to come and get their stuff unloaded too. Yeah, absolutely. And with that, just a couple quick tips to make the move in process easy Um, and as uh, good as it can go. It's really important to make sure you bring like hydration and snacks. Um, The student that is moving in as well as their support group, um, they will be able to go eat a meal. I think it's the student and two other individuals get meal passes. But on top of that, you are going to want to bring lots of water to stay hydrated and also make sure that you are coming in with a positive mindset with a lot of patience and a lot of grace um, for yourself and for others. It can take a long time because there is, you know, it varies every year, but there is thousands of students moving in alongside you. And so you have to remember that, you know, you have to share the green move-in carts and you have to kind of work together because at the end of the day, we're all Spartans. And so you got to kind of work together. And on top of that, never be afraid to ask questions. You're going to see lots of friendly, excited people in um, welcome or move-in shirts. And they're there to help you as well and help support you through that process to make it as good as it can be.
0: I was gonna say like my move in process was like pretty smooth sailing but I know the day before um it was like it was a little hectic so for sure like making sure you're like prepared and in the right mindset is definitely important um and as you mentioned there's gonna be a lot of different like friendly faces around so um I would like to touch on a couple of those like faces you might be seeing within your residence hall. So Chloe, if you want to go into a little bit of the difference between an RA and an ICA, uh, what they are, how they support uh, residents on campus, that would be awesome.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So RA stands for resident assistant. And these are um, current undergraduate students who work in the residence halls as student employees and they live on the floors uh, with uh, undergraduate residents. And they're there as a support process and kind of a... Uh, support individual who oversees and helps residents as they navigate their on-campus life, their own Spartan journey, um, as well as helping with conduct. So that's kind of the more uh, unfun part of the RA job. But as a former RA, I would definitely say it's meant to be more supportive and more about community building than anything because you want residents to feel safe and as Alyssa already mentioned it can take a while to find a home here and resident assistants are really meant to be there to help you connect to resources um, find academic support if you need it and also offer a friendly face around the residence hall Um, and with that with conduct yes they are there to make sure you are safe and make sure that everybody is having a great positive live-on experience and with that uh, ICA stands for intercultural aid and that is another student position a student live-in position in our residence halls across campus. Now, there are not ICAs located in every building, but there are ICAs in every neighborhood. And they, as intercultural aides, host um, M-Rule roundtable discussions for students to participate in. And they also live in the residence halls to help support students as they navigate their own social identities, intersectionality, uh, as part of their Spartan journey on campus. So they are both really important roles and really friendly faces that we would encourage incoming students to kind of look to and talk to as they navigate um, their incoming student journey. Okay. Yeah.
1: So also, I just want to add, don't be afraid of your RA. They're there for you. My RA, shout out Katie, best RA ever. Sorry, Chloe. But she was my friend too, as long as She was my friend, too, along with being my RA. So don't be afraid of them. They're undergraduate students just like you. They want to talk to you and all of that good stuff. But besides RAs and ICAs, what other type of staff live and work in the residence halls? Yeah, um we
3: have the RAs um, who are working a position, and so they have supervisors, and their super- supervisors are most typically graduate students who are um, assistant community directors, and so that means that they are supervising the RAs, they are advising the hall governing bodies that um, all residents can participate in and decide um, what events take place and what resources are brought into the hall during that year. Um, They are facilitators of the community that they reside and work in. Um, And then in addition to those graduate students, we also have some full-time staff that live full-time in the residence hall and work full-time in the residence hall. So those are going to be our residence directors um, who also help supervise resident assistants and um, advise the hall governments, and then community directors who supervise the assistant community directors and residence directors and really design a community building plan for each community that makes it a unique living experience for each resident. Um, They're there during the work days. It's an 8-to-5 position, but then they're also supporting the building in a duty capacity, Um, so they are on call if there are students who are going through challenging things outside of business hours, which does happen because, again, we're facilitating a place that people call home, not just during the business day. Um, Our full-time and graduate staff are readily available and prepared to assist um, students to navigate building issues, maintenance issues at all hours of the day and night.
0: So some of the people that you also might meet within your residence hall are your roommate and your suite mate and uh, as far as like connecting with them uh, what are some of like the duties that the RAs help you out with and like what are roommate and suite mate agreements and how do you fill one of those out?
2: Yes. So uh, in July, when every incoming student receives their housing placement, they will also get notified of who their roommate is. And upon moving in in August, they will also find out who their suite mates are. And these are the people um, that you are going to live with for the next year. Um, and you you know, have really great experiences with these people, spending time living together, eating together, doing these things um, when you choose to spend time together. But also, you're living in a room or kind of set space with each other. And so with these shared spaces with people you may have known for a while or may have be just meeting, it is really important um, to set boundaries and set expectations with each other to make sure that everybody feels safe and at home in their living space. Um, and that's why uh, resident assistants uh, facilitate roommate and suite mate agreements for all of their residents um, on campus. And this is something that the RAs, uh, depending on the residence hall community, will either facilitate or not facilitate or facilitate at the request of the residents. Um, but they sit down with roommates and suitemates or they sit down without their RA and they discuss their own expectations and boundaries for the space. And this may seem tedious, but as, you know, to all incoming students, we encourage this and it's something that is really necessary to making the most of your space and making sure you feel safe and at home in your space. Um, Because when these boundaries are set, you have something to refer back to and everybody feels like their needs are being met in the space and you want to get it written down because, you know, Things happen as finals come and other issues in life come, you know, things may be coming up with um, your roommate or sweetmate. mate. And when those issues arise, you really want to have that uh, roommate or suite mate agreement to refer back to and your RA can help you navigate that. So it may not seem like the thing you want to do during fall welcome, but it's really important. And we promise that it's something that um, is going to help make your Spartan experience meaningful. Yeah, that
1: is really important, but just going beyond that, I know personally my roommate was someone who I had known before, but especially for those who don't know their roommates at all, maybe just met their roommates recently, got matched with them, what is a good way to get to know them and bond with your roommates, suite mates, or just your neighbors on your floor? Yeah,
3: I think it starts with a little bit of self-work, I'll be very honest. Um, you are living with a stranger. You're living with someone you maybe don't know or maybe thought you knew but are learning in very different ways. And so taking a minute to say, this person may live different than I do, the way that they live is still valid and valuable. Um, and we have to create a room space where both of us are can conducively live our lives as we need to and want to. Um, and then once you do that self-work, then you can bridge out um, and branch out and make those connections, try to find some common interests. Try to um, identify some areas that you can express your common interests on, on campus, off campus, and the local East Lansing and Lansing areas. Um, you're adjusting to the area that you're living in, and you're adjusting to the people that you're living this life with now. And so um, go out, Put again, push yourself out of your comfort zone, um, find opportunities to do things together, whether that's attending events or going to the dining hall and just sharing a meal together, and then center yourself when you need to. Um, to to continue building that relationship on a positive base for everyone.
0: For sure. So we've thrown this word transitional out a little bit. Could we talk about like what is transitional housing and what it means for students? Yeah. Transitional
3: housing is um, it means that we have a lot of students that want to live on campus. And so um, it means that an additional student is being housed in a room that has been identified as a transitional room. Um, It is meant to be territorial. temporary. Um, So we confirm who's living on campus, folks show up, uh, students show up, they start classes, and some students opt not to attend Michigan State um, or opt not to live on campus for a variety of reasons, which means that we don't necessarily know what are, who's going to be living where officially until about the second or third week of campus. And so we utilize this temporary transitional housing to house people um, in rooms until we can identify who didn't show up, what beds are vacant, and then move uh, those folks who are currently, currently in the temporary transitional housing into those confirmed vacant beds. We add an additional bed and a desk to a room. All roommates pay a reduced amount of money um, while the room is over-assigned. And then um, once we are able to reassign folks to the vacancies that we've been able to confirm, um, we do that and, and hope to do that by um, be done with that by mid to end of September. That's a, not a hard and fast rule. Um, but based on the current numbers that we are having now, we expect a small amount of transitional housing um, when roommates assignments go live. And so from there, we anticipate it being a quick turnaround for us to be able to break down that transitional housing.
1: Great. Thank you for explaining that. I felt like even for myself, it made it a lot easier to understand. But now, in my opinion, I have the most important question for you guys. How does a new student or any student fill out a maintenance request? What would they fill out a maintenance request for? And
2: can they loft their bed on move-in day? That's a great question. And I think that is the most asked question during move-in weekend <laughs> or move-in, uh, the move-in period, uh, depending on the year. But uh, I would say, first and foremost, maintenance requests, uh, you know, it really varies. They Any kind of problem that... Uh, students experience, uh, be it physically in the residence hall from a dripping faucet um, or an issue with like the toilet not flushing or just like a broken mirror or a chipped wall, like anything like that, you're going to file a maintenance request um, and facilities are going to come out and help you do that. And one of those things, as you mentioned, that you also fill out a maintenance request for is your bed adjustment. And you do all of these things in your My Housing account. It's the same location where incoming students um, logged in to sign their housing contract um, and do all of their kind of, uh, you know, housing. Uh, tasks. And that's also where students are going to refer back to throughout their entire live-on experience to fill out those maintenance requests. And the question about bed adjustments during move-in is that facilities does have the tools to do that, but not during move-in because there's a lot more pressing issues going on during move-in and there's a lot going on in general. So um, facilities and all residence hall staff advise students to wait and leave the beds as they are as uh, facilities will start accepting maintenance requests And fulfilling those maintenance requests for bed adjustments starting mid-September. So, you know, we really encourage students to kind of wait. um, And, you know, we can tell them that typically the room configuration when they get there is one lofted bed and one trundled bed. That may not always be the case, but um, due to the demands of move-in for facilities, it's really important to wait for those uh, bed adjustments until mid-September.
0: So, sort of a follow-up on that question, but a little bit different is like, if I have uh, a problem where I need accommodations um, during the middle of the semester or like middle of the year, how would I go about like getting those accommodations? Would I need to go to maintenance, RCPD, um, anything like that? Do you have any uh, suggestions or tips on that?
2: Yeah, so for uh, AC accommodations, I'll we'll start there specifically. Um, you also are going to request that in your My Housing account. And just to again go over that, it's only for students who ha- find it medically necessary to have an AC unit in their residence hall space. Um, and with that, you know, documentation is going to be pr- uh, required and there is a fee for installation in their room. So there are things that go along with that, and that process uh, for the AC unit specifically uh, takes place in your My Housing account. Now, for other accommodations, uh, uh, you mentioned RCPD, which is going to be the resource center for persons with disabilities. That is another really important resource for students. Um, RCPD is there to provide academic uh, accommodations or other living accommodations. And to do that, um, you would go to the RCPD website and request, uh, You'd fill. it's a, I think a short form where you request to be paired with a specialist. And from there you get paired with an RCB specialist and they can help you with accommodations from there. So another really great resource for students who need any accommodations, whether it be academic or residential.
1: Okay. So I'm sure a lot of new students are going to be expecting a lot of packages, a lot of mail. Where do they receive this? Where should they go? And how do they get all of that good stuff that comes through the U.S. Postal Service? Um, So, when
3: you get your housing assignment, you will see that it says a building name. Maybe it says Bailey Hall. Maybe it says uh, Wonders Hall. Maybe it says Acres Hall. Um, And so, from there, you can Google your residence hall, um, and you'll get an address. When you are ordering anything, you're getting your mail set up, you're going to use that mailing address. So, um, for example, Wilson Hall, is um has like a a three digit code and then it's on Wilson Road and it's like East Lansing I don't even remember the zip code. Um, but if I were uh, f- updating my Amazon account, I would load that address in. I would note what my room number is. So for me, I was in apartment one. Um, and then I would send all of my packages to that address. And then the mail is going to come to campus. We have some lovely service center representatives that work at our service centers, log those packages, log that mail, notify students um, and staff when their mail has arrived. And then you can go directly to your service center to pick up your mail or to your mailbox where your paper mail is going to be sorted by service center representatives. But it all starts with memorizing that address and making sure that you include your room number when you are um, sending yourself packages and mail so that it makes it easy on the service center reps.
0: So we've mentioned, you just mentioned service center, Alyssa. Um, So we've mentioned that mail goes there, but what else do the service centers help with?
3: Yeah. Key word is service. Um, They provide a lot of services to the residents. So mail and packages being one of those primary services. Uh, But you can also loan out equipment. Maybe you need a vacuum. Maybe you need some cleaning supplies. You can get toilet paper. You can get um, garbage bags. They are really just a hub of student support for the typical issues and uh, concerns that students have on a day-to-day basis navigating our residence halls. You can also just come there for connection and support. Um, There's campus maps located at all of the service centers uh, they can get you connected with the building staff that work in different areas of your residence hall. They are like the the point of connection for a student seeking a, a service from the residence hall in some way, shape or form.
1: Okay, so we've thrown around the word neighborhoods, but what are all of the neighborhoods at MSU and what do they mean?
2: Yeah. That's a great question. And it's something that definitely takes time to figure out as an incoming student. So first and foremost as to all incoming students, as you're getting ready to start your Spartan journey and begin navigating campus, give yourself grace because it's going to take a while. Um, It's a very big campus. And with that, uh, you know, because it's a big campus, that is precisely why there are neighborhoods to help break it up. So there are five main neighborhoods um, across our campus and they are sorted into north, south, east, River Trail, and Brody. So those are the five main neighborhoods. It does take time, um, and as you uh, navigate uh, campus, you will also get acquainted with all of the five neighborhoods because each neighborhood is so unique and has something really great to offer. So all of our residence halls are located in each of the neighborhoods, but outside of that, there's so many great resources and different buildings that are located in each of the neighborhoods. So even if you're living in one neighborhood and, you know, obviously take the time to explore the resources and the great things to do there, um, but also don't be afraid to branch out. Like, you know, if you're living in South, I, you know, go over to East neighborhood and explore, um, you know, the Hubbard's parties or go to I am East uh, and play soccer. Like, don't limit yourself just because you live in one neighborhood. Every neighborhood is for every student. And that's another great way to find community as well.
0: So I loved exploring the neighborhoods my first year, um, but I know that some of the residence halls on campus house different types of communities. And so one of those communities would be LLCs or living and learning communities. So what are uh, living learning communities and how do students know if they're a part of one?
3: Yeah. Um, living learning communities are the way that you can really infuse your academic and professional interests into your living experience. Um, you are surrounded by folks with a shared common living um, or academic affiliation. So maybe you're in uh, Wilson where there's predominantly engineers and you're um, living in core. Maybe you're over in homes with an RA like Chloe, who is working with the Lyman Briggs College. Chloe, can you tell us a little bit about your experience working
2: in an LLC community? Yeah, absolutely. So as a former student in an LLC, I myself was in James Madison and then an RA for my last two years of undergrad um, in Holmes Hall. I would say it's really important to lean into the residential experience and really make those community connections. So, you know... Living with uh, mostly Lyman Briggs students as a resident assistant and really seeing the community that they kind of created, you know, studying together for their exams and study lounges and going to the Lyman Briggs events. Um, Those are really unique experiences that students in LLCs should really, uh, you know, fully take part in and make the most of. And with that, um, for students who, you know, may be thinking, am I in an LLC, Uh, first and foremost, some of them are part of your application process. So you may have directly applied to that major or that LLC when you applied. And uh, some other ones uh, are part of your housing assignment process. So when incoming students filled out the housing preference form, they would have preferenced those LLCs. So students at this point should know if they are in an LLC and get prepared for that and be excited.
1: Yeah. So being in James Madison, I didn't live in case my first year, but those community bonds are still there. Whether you live there, you didn't live there. Going into my senior year, I still see them with people in my grade as well. But how does live on help students? And what kind of things can students reach out to live on for?
2: Yeah. So, Live On helps students, first and foremost, make the most of their residential experience and have a great Live On experience um, here at Michigan State University. So, um, I myself, uh, being a student who came here as a freshman, uh, I connected immediately to Live On as I started working on campus. Um, And I would say that the sense of community that Live On provides in and of itself for incoming students is really great. Um, You know, being able to connect and uh, live with peers in the residence halls and create community that way and finding whether it be professional opportunities, academic opportunities, space to grow as a student. Um, Live On really does provide the space for students to do that, Um, but beyond that, they're really you know, there to also help. You know, There's going to be problems and there's going to be uh, things that students need help navigating and Live On in every capacity is there to do that. And so keeping in mind that Live On is not necessarily just the staff that you see every day, it's also every single facilities worker that's on campus, it's, it's all of the different support staff, it's your service center representatives, it's all of the in-hall staff that you may not see every day as a current student, but it's really important to be in mind that the, to keep in mind, excuse me, that these people are here to help you um, and then reach out and use that support staff. Uh, On is a really great community, and I think that students should take advantage of that during their time.
3: Yeah. And if I can even just jump in there one second with facilities specifically and these people that are doing. Um, Ne- not necessarily being actively seen, but are actively contributing to the living experience for students. I just want to honor that and uplift that and make sure that um, the listeners of this podcast hear that as they prepare to live on campus. Um, take some time and thank a facilities worker when you get to campus um, and consider the ways that they are contributing to
0: this life that you get to live here at MSU. Um, some of my like favorite people to see in the morning were the facilities workers. They were always super helpful. If I like had a problem, they were always super nice and and cleaning up and whatnot so I, I really appreciate that they're super awesome here um, but moving on to our last and final question and our favorite question is what is both of your favorite parts about like working with students and being a member of the Spartan community?
2: This is such a big question and I say that because there are so many people in so many moving parts of this uh, really great campus community that make it way that it is. And so I would have to say that my favorite part of specifically working with students and, you know, being a member of the Spartan community is definitely the people you get to meet along the way, Uh, because there really wouldn't be such a unique Spartan experience if it weren't for the Spartan community. And I know that sounds cliche, bear with me for a minute, but, you know, as speaking as a resident uh, assistant and also just speaking as a student who was once a freshman and didn't know anybody on campus, like seeing all of these friendly faces when you come into a space that can feel big and daunting. And then from there on out, you know, working on campus and once again connecting with students and professional staff and all of these different capacities, like each interaction and each, each kind of uplifting conversation really just makes you know that you're doing something that matters. Um, And as you move through your day, you're seeing all of these people on campus and being part of that community is a really unique thing. And, you know, I think that's what makes being a Spartan so great. And so it's personally my favorite thing is the human interactions that I get to have, um, whether it be with students that I'm working with, with peers or other professional staff members. I think I would have to say that my favorite part about working
3: with students and being a Spartan is um It goes back to this notion that a lot of us carry into college that it's supposed to be like picture perfect and of the movies and fun. And you're just out and with friends all the time and classes are easy and you're passionate. So everything just comes naturally. Um, And then students get here and they realize that it's very much not the case. That was definitely not the case in my experience as a college student. Um, And so my favorite part about this work that I get to do is I get to be there in, in the best of times and I get to celebrate your wins with you. But I also get to be there with you and help you navigate the challenges. The challenges of being a human, the challenges of being a human with a college course load um, and the challenges of, of being a human who is navigating, living and, and dialoguing across difference and um, adjusting to the transition of uh, being a college student. And so it is not easy work. It is hard work. It's hard work to be a college student. But I, I just really enjoy that experience of being there with you and your wins and helping you through those losses and um, everything in between.
0: Those are both super insightful answers. Uh, I appreciate you, both of you joining us today and talking all about like campus and living on campus. Um, please join us next week for our conversation with Edet State about MSU dining. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Spartan Orientation Station on Impact 89 FM. Let us know what you think by connecting with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at MSU underscore NSO.